With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Liberty and the Law, the podcast series that examines the critical elements of a strong legal defense in criminal cases. Join respected attorney James Dore for this lively discussion on the rights of criminal defendants and the important role defense attorneys play in our legal system. The court system in the United States is designed to, among other things, protect the constitutional rights of citizens. Each month here on Liberty and the Law, we discuss various court cases or legal concepts related to actions of the court. Today, we'll talk about what's known as the exclusionary rule and its relevance in a number of cases over the years. Hi, everybody. This is Jim Mitchell, and joining me today, as he does each month, is Lavelle Law Criminal Defense Attorney James Dore. James, uh, this is a topic I know you pay close attention to in your work, uh, and I'm going to need some guidance here. So you ready to kind of help and walk our way through this one? Yeah, this should be good for us, Jim. It touches on a lot of other subjects that, that we, you know, that we discussed in detail, and it gets into that kind of nuts and bolts uh, for the defense attorney. So yeah, let's let's jump right in. Well, for me, I always like to frame the conversation around definitions. So what can, what can you tell us about the exclusionary rule in in general terms? All right. Well, exclusionary rule is a, is a judicial creation, really. Um, that uh, it, it, it's a policy where uh, evidence of crimes is ex- actually excluded from from admissibility or be, from being admissible in court due to a constitutional violation. Most commonly, a violation of search and seizure, you know, Fourth Amendment uh, concerns, whereas uh, you know an officer did not have uh, a warrant or you know went beyond his his duties. Um, and so that would be uh, the evidence would be excluded as a remedy for a constitutional violation. And you mentioned the Fourth Amendment, which we talk about frequently. I, I, in some of the reading on this, it also looked like maybe there's some application with the Fifth Amendment as well. Right, with the self-incrimination. You know, there's some pretty. This is strong evidence of guilt in these cases. It could be, you know, uh, um, evidence seized improperly, or it could be a statement by the defendant. Well. You know, in a statement, it incriminating oneself, admitting to a crime or some details even of a crime doesn't have to be admitted a whole-hearted admission, but you can mm-hmm. you can verify certain details that police wouldn't know about. Um, you know, that's strong evidence that could be used against somebody in court, and the and the, the rationale is if that if that evidence was illegally obtained and properly obtained by the police, well, that shouldn't be used in a matter of fundamental fairness and due process rights, and you know. Uh, protections of the Constitution against you know, improper searches and seizures and self-incrimination, well, that, that, that evidence should not be used against uh, that defendant in court. Now, you, you've got me taking notes here already, so I want to make sure I got this phrase right that you mentioned in, in the first answer. I think you called it a judicial creation. Is it, is it clear that this isn't really a, a statute or a law, but it's rather the outgrowth of, of judicial opinions? Right. Uh, certainly at the, at the outset. This was a kind of mm-hmm. this is a creation by the, the by the, the Supreme Court, and then later held applicable to the states. Now, states as well, they can pass. You know, Illinois could pass its own statutes, and we've talked a little bit about this in the past, Jim, with the different uh, 
you know, entities out there. You got the, the federal law and you have state law, and state law can grant um, more rights than the, the Constitution and okay. federal Constitution can guarantee. So, um, you know, the states get involved in some of that too, and they can pass a statute codifying the, the you know the, the exclusionary rule if they want. So that's it's something that has been codified by certain states. Um, certain provisions have been, but it is a creation of U.S. Supreme Court. Now, uh, tell me about it, how a defense attorney like yourself would would invoke this. Is this something you would do as a pretrial motion, or might it actually come up during testimony in a trial? Right. This would be a pretrial motion. I mean, we we talked in the past about certain you know uh, provisions of search and seizure. Let's just say a most common one. We we want to. Um, there's evidence of um, drugs legally uh, obtained. Some, you know, the, the officer, let's just say, blatantly did not bother to get a warrant, showed up at somebody's mm-hmm. house, went through the front door and seized it, okay? And I would, as a defense attorney, you'd want to file a pretrial motion to, uh, alerting the court and then demanding a hearing on the fact that this evidence was illegally and improperly seized and should not be used against the defendant at the case in chief in trial. So it'd be a pretrial motion designed to exclude evidence based on how it was uh, obtained by the police. And are there certain landmark cases that uh, sort of establish the exclusionary rule or certain ones that are always referenced when you when you make a motion and, and looking for precedent? Uh, they would be. And, uh, you know, we're looking at the, the, the Weeks decision to start with and the MAP versus Ohio making it binding on the state. Um, but there's a lot, you know, depending – a lot of times when you argue these kind of motions in court, you're very specific about what evidence you're trying to exclude and the basis for that. So you have to have it, uh, your arguments backed up by the proper case law. So depending on like the, what we discussed, it could be a self-incrimination mm-hmm. argument or it could be a, a improper search and seizure. So it will be very particularized, the case law that we cite in, in support of our motion. And as you go through the the gathering of evidence and see what the prosecution has and start to build your case, uh, is anything that is gathered without a warrant sort of a, a red flag, and that's something you go after right away? That, that's a, that's a, a big red flag, you know, warrantless mm-hmm. seizures. Um, you know, depending on, on where it's if it's a warrantless uh, entry of a house, it would be per se unreasonable, and the state would have to justify some exception that gets them around what the, the, the constitutional rule is, okay, such as, you know, in the exclusionary rule in general, you know, the, there's, it's a public policy, it, it's, it, there's a reason for it uh, to, uh, to enforce constitutional rights, to, to put some teeth in the Constitution. Now, the prosecution can argue the other side, hey, this is, in reality, there's guilty people being left free because this is evidence of guilt, and it's strong evidence mm-hmm. of guilt. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the prosecutors would argue, um, you know, they have arguments for admissibility of the evidence, depending on, again, the facts alleged. Now, for our listeners, if they've downloaded past episodes of Liberty and the Law, um, should be familiar with with, uh, James Dore, the Lavelle Law Defense Attorney that joins us. He's a source of great information and legal guidance during our regular discussions on this podcast. And uh, after you listen to this one, if you haven't in the past, uh, drop in at lavellelaw.com. You can learn more about James and, and the work he's done during his career. Um, plenty of information for you there. Uh, we just talked, James, a little bit about uh, seizures, a warrantless gathering of evidence. Um, can you still challenge evidence if you if there was a warrant, but you feel that warrant wasn't 
properly issued or, or properly executed? Right. It, it could be um, the details of the warrant. So something that, the, the, you know, the, the, the evidence that the police are looking for, they have to spell out in particular um, specificity what they're looking for. And the police can only go in those areas to look uh, where it's reasonable to do so. So, for example, there's something called the, the sugar bowl theory out there. Uh, if you're looking for uh, evidence of, of uh, stolen t television sets, you can't go and look in the sugar bowl for that. So officers, they, they know when they, when they want to get these warrants, well, you better name some other instrumentalities of the crime, such as in a drug trade, you're going to say, well, they're looking for uh, cash associated with the drug trade. So it gets a, the, you, know, uh, you can look around in, in really in detail, or drugs, you could be anywhere. But if you're looking for, say, a bigger evidence of crime, you'd want to list smaller things like receipts and cash and, and you know, certain evidence that, that would go along with that to, you know, to help, help uh, establish the case. Now, let's, let's put you in a situation where uh, you go through the pretrial motion to have evidence excluded and uh, the judge agrees with you so that evidence is not admissible for that case. Now, is it just under those terms? And by that, I mean, do you still need to be prepared for the prosecution to try and discover it in some other way uh, prior to right. or during the trial? Excellent question, Jim. Because a, a good prosecutor, even though they, you know, say the judge finds there's a, a constitutional violation, that doesn't mean it's automatically excluded. We also have to look at whether that's a reasonable uh, under the law to exclude the evidence, or is there an exception that would allow the prosecutor to get that evidence in? So the prosecutors look for, you know, certain common exceptions. One would be an officer acting in good faith. Um, so just point out a warrant. Let's say. A, uh, officer has a good faith belief he's got a warrant for any searches a home, but it's the wrong address or some detail is wrong. Well, if he's relying in good faith on that warrant, where's the, the culpable, you know, conduct on the police that you're trying to prohibit, you know, it, with a deterring effect? You know, the, the supporters of the, the exclusionary rule say it should deter police officers from acting in illegal uh, manner to obtain evidence. So. They exclude the evidence as, as, as a deterrent. Well, an officer acting in good faith not likely to be deterred. You know, so that's what a prosecutor would argue that there's a good faith exception to the evidence being admitted. So there can be a technical violation, but there may be a workaround for the prosecutor to try to get that evidence in. So that's one of the things as a defense attorney you're going to be looking out for. You know, the, mm -hmm. watch out for the prosecutor switching gears because the prosecutor can go from arguing. There is no there's no constitutional violation here to, well, judge, yes, there is a constitutional violation, but it's reasonable and the evidence should still be admitted. So then you got to work, you know, you got to be ready for that attack. And, and if um, there is something found to be wrong with a warrant or the way the warrant was gathered or, or executed, something is excluded, can, can the uh, state go back and request a, a proper warrant and go and, and execute that same search again under corrected uh, process? Well, if, once that evidence is seized, that would be tough to go back in time. However, there's, okay. there's um, you know, doctrines like the inevitable discovery doctrine, or there's been um, you know, cases where uh, warrants have been started and processed, and then there was some other technicality in between. So, um, yeah, I, there's no blanket answer on that one, Jim, but it, really what you have to look for is, is what the evidence that we're talking about, how it was obtained, and were the police actions reasonable? 
Um, did they rely on precedent? Did they rely on, did they follow normal rules? So there may be a way to get evidence in that would have been otherwise excluded. Um, again, looking at the police conduct. And you referenced uh, Weeks and, and a few other cases in, in terms of uh, how the exclusionary rule, which is what we're talking about today, came came to be or has uh, sort of gathered uh, strength over the years. Uh, and we've been talking about um, using it in a trial. Uh, is it Can the exclusionary rule be used, I guess, retroactively as a basis for an appeal? Boy, that's a tough question, Jim. I'm not sure on that one. I tell you what, let me, right, let me well, just answer some basics. If there's a violation, it can definitely be it's an appealable issue. Um, and I'm not sure I quite understand the question there, but uh, we'll come back at that one on a future day. Well, yeah, I, um, I, I, I stumbled across something in research, and I, it looked like someone had uh, uh, lost a case and then went back and appealed. But, but we always like to go, you know. Uh, into things uh, in future discussions, so I'm going to table that one. Yeah. But I want you to do this for me. Yeah, let's, about two let's, minutes let's left pin here. that one. We'll come back to that. Okay. Now, um, this, as I said, this one was, was uh, I, I consider to be fairly complex, and a lot, obviously, with some of these questions, there's a lot to it. Um, what else would you tell a young defense attorney who's, who's maybe just getting their start, and you've got a couple of decades of great experience, but what, what should young defense attorneys know about the exclusionary rule and um, how they should uh, utilize it in, in their toolbox. Well, basically, you're going to start and analyze the case like we talk about, Jim. You're going to look at the facts. You're going to interview your own client. You're going to look at all the police, you know, all the evidence that's been turned over by the prosecution. And you're going to see. You're going to look to see if, the, if, the, if there's a constitutional violation of some sort in there. If you find one, if you find something that looks like it's questionable, you're going to file the pretrial motion and do your, do your due diligence, do your discovery, and, you know, ask the questions and find out if there's a violation there. Um, and if so, you know, be ready for the prosecutor's argument about allowing the evidence to come in anyway. Um, you know, it, it, it's looking for some kind of workaround, the, the exclusionary rule. Well, we always appreciate the time you take, and I know it's valuable to uh, uh, many of us, including, as I mentioned, they're the young attorneys. Uh, so that's part of what we try and do here is kind of get into the details of these conversations. So my thanks to uh, Attorney James Dorr for joining us today. Again, uh, LavelleLaw.com is a spot you can uh, visit to get more information about this topic, about many other topics in the defense realm. And uh, you can always reach James at 847-705-7555. That's 847-705-7555. We want to thank everyone for joining us today and look forward to a future episode of Liberty in the Law. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.